All right, you can be seated. It's an honor to be here tonight. Um, good to have you in the room. Thank you, James. I'm going to sit down. Can I do that for a little bit and just uh, preach from here? That's unusual, but um, yeah, I am, I am a little bit tired and um, a little bit physically worn out. I need you to pray. We need to pray for Pastor Marty and, and um, Paula Joe. They leave in the morning to be in Knoxville area, Pigeon Forge area, for a couple's retreat. And uh, so this is like the first one of four they're going to be doing this year for, for ministries. And uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Karen and I have been married for 40 years. We are madly in love with each other. 40 years this August. Super excited about the couples class, but we are not couple um, uh, marriage retreat speakers. And I, and I don't want you to judge us on that, but I got I'm, it's not our lane, even though we have never been more in love than what we are now, but we just have a difficult time doing marriage conferences. And so let me tell you a little story as you go to Second Samuel chapter um, 7, and Karen's going to help assist me on this little story. Um, so we did the revival for a church in South Georgia, and they're great friends of the North Georgia revival. They come, they bring their teams. And they sent me a request. Hey, can you just, you and Karen come down here and do a couples thing uh, a weekend for us? And, and I go, well, I got to be back on Saturday night. I got to be back for Sunday morning service. And I said, but we can do it. And I knew when I said we can do it, we couldn't do it. <laughs> and I'm not talking about having an allocation of time and having time on the calendar. I just knew Oh, my goodness, I'm swimming over my head, and I know this, and because every marriage retreat we've ever done is flopped, okay? <laughs> I'm not lying. It's like they have such high expectations, and we, not you, but I so under-deliver at marriage retreats. Huh, it's not our lane. So um, I knew when I said we will do it that the Lord wasn't in on it for as far as me personally, but I said, he's a friend, he's asked, and I said, and we always just say yes. If the Lord opens the door, we just say yes. <laughs> oh, it was a train wreck. <laughs> it started off as a train wreck. You want to tell that story? You got a second? Can you do that? Can you remember that? I mean, you keep recalling it to me all the time, so I know you haven't forgotten it. Okay, here we go. So, I mean, he's talking about it being a train wreck. I mean, it, it wasn't a train wreck, but, I mean, our marriage conferences, they last about five minutes because this, we just go in and go, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything will be added to you. And that's just it. And we're you, done. And we're done. We're like, what's the problem? They're, they're, you can do that. You're, there's not going to be a problem, okay? And then to go on and talk about outserving one another, right, Pastor Andy? You just outserve one another. If you love Jesus, if I love Jesus and I'm going after him, 
and Todd loves Jesus and he's going after him, then we're both loving Jesus and going after him, then that's the end of the marriage conference. We're like, what's the problem? And so, but anyway, we're terrible at it. We're just, we're terrible. Because I just don't, I'm just like, what's the problem? There's the antidote right there. Love God, you know, be lovers of God. So we're on the way. And so Todd's uh, got a Tesla. And so it has to be charged. And so we stop in Douglasville to charge further than that. But anyway, a charging station. So in order to charge, he has to pull the cable out of the back and, you know, uh, what do you call that? An adapter. So anyway, he unloads everything out of the trunk to find the adapter. So while he's charging, we're in this area that's got, you know, just some little outlets. And so I'm just shopping around. And so he gets everything charged up and I come back and we're getting ready to leave. And he's loaded the car back up and has loaded everything back into the car except my shoes. (laughs) That I didn't know until we got to the hotel two hours away and I get ready to go to this conference that we're doing that's going to take about five minutes, and I can't find my shoes. And so I said, Pastor Todd, where are my shoes? And he said, I think they're on the sidewalk back at the, cha- at the charging station. Well, fortunately, ladies, you know, we pack more than one pair. Hallelujah. And so I pulled them out, but that cost him these shoes right here, because this is the very shoes that he left. I reordered them. And then I got a pair in gray and brown, too. So it it cost you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I said, babe, where'd you get them shoes? I was walking down the hall today. I said, where'd you get them shoes? She says, wasn't the ones you left at the side of the sidewalk. Okay. So anyway, so then another pastor calls and says, hey, I heard you just did a pastor's conference with a guy over here in South Georgia. And I go, yeah, but we're out of business. We are completely out of business. I said, let me tell you the person. I said, Pastor Marty and Pastor Paula are going to be the very best people in all the world. So they leave tomorrow, be back um, Sunday. So we're excited about them ministry. I'm excited about this class. It's going to be fire. It's going to be fire. I told someone today the two announcements that we have been given about the uh, young adults and young married couples class. It just fires me up. I'm telling you, you can feel the presence of the Lord on that. Amen? All right. And um, praise God. I don't know why I told you all of that about the marriage conference other than Pastor Marty. Amen? So if you need counseling on your marriage, just know what you're going to get before you get there. Love God. Serve one another. And if you need deeper, we'll send you down the hallway. <laughs> Where did I say go? Second Samuel. I love this. Let me tell you, I am so fired up about Sunday morning and Sunday night. Now, let me remind you of a couple of things as you turn there. Um, on February the 11th is our sixth anniversary of the North Georgia Revival. So go ahead and convince your heart and yourself that come ice, snow, rain, chill, weather front, that on the, on, on the 11th, we're all going to be here, and I know you will be anyway, to celebrate six years 
And right at now, 38,000 people being immersed in Dawsonville, not counting probably another 40 to 50,000 people outside. Okay? Um, so invite your friends. It's going to be wild. I really believe it. Bishop's going to be here. It's always wild. Y'all know he's just wild man. And on that day, uh, there will be a crew here from the Christian History Institute, which is out of Virginia, that will be doing a documentary of a couple of days just here with us on the revival. Okay? Uh, it, it, we, I'm kind of just like scared about that, nervous, excited, because it will go down at least captured from an outside perspective of the revival as you tell your story. Now, by that I mean they may randomly ask certain people certain questions, all right, not to interrupt a service or anything like that, but while things are in transition, they may, hey, you got a couple minutes, let us, let us ask you a question. And they may ask you and just be as completely honest uh, as you possibly can, whatever those questions are. They won't be trick questions. They won't be gotcha questions, but they'll be maybe questions about you know, how has this impacted your life? How has this, what miracles have you seen? All right, there'll be certain people that will be interviewed by them that have had those particular miracles. And so they're gonna do that, right? So that is uh, an outside team coming in. At this point, we don't know how many. They will have on them a badge that says press. So all of our security team, everybody in the room will know they'll have access to all kinds of places, behind the scenes, around the waters, everywhere, okay? And they know not to get in the way. So praise the Lord for that, right? Yeah, I love it. Okay, Second Samuel. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. February the 11th. Yeah, it's uh, a week from Sunday, right? Yeah, a week from Sunday um, is our sixth anniversary. So we're really excited. I really, I cannot, I cannot wait. God always does something on anniversaries, doesn't he? Karen brought this word and introduced this to us at the women's conference. And again, I want to say thank you to all the ladies that were a part of this, that served, that were here, that attended, and all the men as well. The, she said something that literally just jolted me, and, um, and it caused me to begin to think about this. She talked about blessing and ministering to God. And we've heard this probably in times past, but there was something on her words that night. There was something that she said that hit me differently. Have you ever heard, you know, uh, or read a Bible verse and it, hit, and it not hit you, but then you read it later and it really hits you? Maybe a month later, two months later when you were ready. Well, she said this. And gave this example of David, of him ministering to the Lord. I want you to look at verse 1 of 2 Samuel chapter 7. I'm not going to preach her message, but I do want to highlight a couple things because I think it's um, relevant to us as a church. Verse 1. Now it came to pass when king, when the king was dwelling in his house... And the Lord had given him rest from all of his enemies all around. That the king said to Nathan the prophet. 
See now, I dwell in a house of cedar. But the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. Now, this was the Lord's design. Okay, so it's not anything that uh, was uh, horrifically wrong. God was dwelling in a tent. Now, think about this. The ark of God dwelling in a tent. David dwelling in a house of cedar. Structure, stability, foundation, strong walls, secure floors, not moved by the wind. God is outside in a tent, so to speak, in the ark. That's where his presence dwells. Nathan, the prophet, must have understood something or kind of uh, grasped where David was going. So then Nathan said to the king, watch this, go do all that is in your heart for the Lord is with you. He had no idea fully, I don't think, except by a, a word of knowledge or discernment where David was going with this. He just said, we dwell here, God dwells out there, we're inside structure, he's outside in tents, and the Nathan says, go do everything that's in your heart. The Lord is with you. Verse four. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying, so further revelation, go and tell my servant David. Now, this is the Lord saying to Nathan, I need you to deliver a message to, to my servant David. Thus says the Lord, would you build a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the time that I brought the children of Israel up from Egypt. Even to this day, but have moved about in a tent and in a tabernacle. Now just look at that for a moment. Would you build me a house? I don't have a house, he says. I have a tent. Would you build me a house? I don't have a house. I have a tent. Now, we're talking about God here. He says, I've been in a tent since we left Egypt. Now, I don't know who's the mathematician in here, but could somebody estimate or estimate, I should say, the time that they left Egypt to the time of David. Now, we could go right into that classroom and find the chronicles and the time periods, but we're talking a span of time. From Moses to David, and for all of these years and decades, God has not had a permanent structure, but a tent. And David is here saying, I'm sitting here in this opulence, and the Lord is in a tent. Verse 7, 
He says, wherever I have moved about with the children of Israel, have I ever spoken a word to anyone from the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, why have you not built me a house of cedar? God's never, ever, ever, ever at that point mentioned it to anyone. Now, therefore, thus says you, or thus shall you say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of house, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep to be ruler over my people, over Israel, and I have been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off all your enemies from before you and have made you a great name, like the name of great men who are on the earth. And then he just goes on to talk about how the Lord's going to bless him. Then he talks about how he's going to set up a seed. You got that? Verse 18, then David went in and sat before the Lord and said, who am I, Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? He said, it's a small thing that you have done. Verse 25, now, Lord, O God, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house, establish it forever. Do as you have said, so let your name be magnified forever. The Lord of hosts is the God over Israel. And listen to this. And let the house of your servant be, be uh, servant David be established before you. For you, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, your servant has found it in his heart to pray this prayer to you. God having a permanent structure, listen to me, was David's idea. And he said, God, I want to build you a house. Now help me, Lord, here. And God said, okay. Up to this point, he never asked anyone to build him a permanent structure. And it came to David by a revelation of how good God has been to him. Now, I'm going to say that again. God had been so good to David as he's sitting there contemplating, meditating that I'm in a solid structure and God is outside in a tent. I would like to build God a house. And Nathan, the prophet, says, what you're thinking about is a God idea and the Lord will be with you. David prays to God, God, I want to build you a house. And God says, I'm going to answer that prayer and let you build it. I was talking to these two just a little bit earlier. And um, I want to get to a place in the Lord of where I dream things to do for him. I'm gonna, I want you to hear that. Now, don't miss it. This is why you came tonight. This right here, okay? I want to get to a place in the Lord where I dream because of his goodness toward me, of how faithful he's been, generous, kind, long-suffering, merciful, that I get so overwhelmed. I say, Lord, what can your Todd 
do for you. That I dream up ways to bless him. This is, this is it. God, what can I do for you today? How can I go about my day and be a blessing to you today? It shifts from the perspective of me coming and asking constantly what I need from him. And God, you need to give me or you should help me. I need something from you, God. There's nothing wrong with that. But can we get to a place of being so grateful and appreciative, thankful that you just sit back and dream? What can I do for you today? God, you've been so good to me in my business. You've promoted me, you advanced me, you've seen me through every storm. Now listen, give him an idea. Lord, I'd like to build an orphanage for you. I'd like to begin a Bible study with you, Lord, and for you. Lord, you've been so good to me. You've prospered me. You've blessed me. I've got great health. I'd like to go to a land and just be a blessing to people and preach your word. The, the, am I, are you hearing what I'm saying? Lord, you've been so good to me. I want to give to someone that you lay on my heart or a ministry that you place on my mind without you even asking me to do it. I don't know about you, but oftentimes it's like God has to twist our arm to get us to do anything. Why not go ahead and give him your yes? Give him a challenge to find someone that you can bless. A place that you can go. A ministry you can support. I'm feeling this, and I know this is kind of foreign to us a little bit, but this is kingdom. That I go ahead and give him my yes and say, Lord, I've got a week that I want to invest for nothing more than your kingdom. Who can I bless? Where can I go? I want to be a blessing to you. Without him having to coerce us, twist our arm, manipulate whatever that we feel like sometimes we got to have people do to us to guilt us into doing it. And just say, God, I want to build you a house. Without you even asking. If it's possible to be one step ahead. 
of God. It's kind of like what David was, right? God says, I've asked no one to build me a house. And here you are wanting to build me a house? I know God knows all things, so you're really not one step ahead of him, but you're one step ahead of him. You understand what I'm saying? Like, Lord, I'm going to, I got, I got, I got 10 extra dollars a month. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know how I got it, but I just somehow I'm, I'm, I want to be a blessing to one of our young people that's going on a mission trip. So I'm going to start setting this $10 a month aside. And in one 10 month period, I'm going to have an extra hundred dollars. Now to someone going on a mission trip, that's short a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars means a lot, but to a lot of us, a hundred dollars doesn't mean that much. You understand what I'm saying? But to a 21 year old, that's just barely making it. And they're $200 short. And all of a sudden you go, well, I got it. And I'm going to bless. I'm giving him my, Lord, I'm going to go ahead and allocate this. I, I want to live in that realm. Now, don't misinterpret and misquote me, but be ahead of the Lord. That even sounds weird, but I need to re, help me, help me rephrase it. You understand what I'm saying? Because some people take that and go, well, what do you mean? I'm just saying, I'm going to go ahead and prepare. I'm going to go ahead and be there and just tell him, I'm going to bless you, Lord. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. So, Andrew, go ahead and tell him. And go ahead and decide as you pray. Hold up a map in front of you. And say, God, where do you want me to go? I'll go anywhere you want me to go. And you pray it out in tongues. Not an emotional moment, but you pray it out in tongues and say, God, give me a leaning. Give me a leaning to somewhere because somebody needs you. Some pastor needs to be encouraged. Some church needs to be just supported. Somebody, an orphan, Lord, show me where I need to go, and I have already given you my yes. If there is a lack in the kingdom, it is a lack of people saying yes. Not a lack of people attending church because we all come to church and we all have needs and wants and say, God, please come and help me. But when and how beautiful will it be when people rise up and say, I still have needs. I still have desires. I'm still asking the Lord, but God, how can I bless you? This is a paradigm shift. Completely different perspective. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. I haven't even asked since Moses for anyone to build me a house. And you dreamt it up in your own heart. 
he prayed that prayer to God and God said, you go do it. This is radical living. It's not self-centered. It's not me focused. It's not about my destiny. It's not about my purpose, but his. And if we can turn ourselves upside down and begin to live in that way, he says, if you'll seek my kingdom first, all. Of the other things. Shall be added to us. There will not be lack. In this type of life. There will not be lack. In this posture of living. There will not be any loss. In this type of living. He says. If you lose your life. You will find. You want to be first, then be the servant. I know it's not rah-rah, but I'm telling you, this is rich food and meat tonight. I dare you. In fact, I I double-dog dare you if I could. I want to challenge us tonight to say, God, I, I really, Lord, what can I do? What can I do to be a blessing to you and be still? Take it a step further. Go ahead and decide what you would like to do. Lord, I'd like to go. Lord, I think there's a need. Lord, I see where I think I can help you reach. Don't wait on him to lead you, James, to start a Bible study. Offer it up to him. You may shock him if he can be shocked. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Like, I've never had anybody ask me if they could be a a Bible study leader at the corporation and in the office at break time. I've never had anybody. Go do everything that's within your heart, and I'll be with you. What do you think about that, Chase? Volunteer ideas to him. And see what he does. You know that thing you shared with me about San Francisco? It's never left my spirit. As bizarre and as crazy and out there as you two were, has never left my spirit. I said, Lord, are y'all ready for this? I said, Lord, I think there, I would, I would like, to go to five cities that are the darkest in America 
and go to city parks and preach the gospel and take a team and baptize people. Well, what do you think the Lord's going to say about that? No, I don't think you need to do that. You've lost your mind. Y'all crazy. Can you imagine that in like a year and a half to two years, we find ourselves in Chicago, San Francisco, Detroit, Charlotte, New York, wherever. And there's 30 of you that go here. 30 of you go there. 30 of you go there. I don't think I'd have to talk and even ask the Lord. I don't even think I have to beg him into it. He'll go, I've never had anybody ask me. But go do everything that's inside your heart. Now watch this. How did David raise the money for the house? He raised so much money. They said, literally, you have to stop. Every one of those events would be about sixty to seventy thousand dollars. We just raised three hundred and sixty thousand dollars in one night. Can you imagine if we gave ourselves six months to prepare for that offering? What seven times five? Okay, thirty-five. So it'd be, I'm just estimating, James, okay? It could be 80000 It could be a 100 I don't know what it is. I don't know what it would cost to get permits. I don't know what it would, I know what it cost us to go to David's tent in, in Nash, uh, up in uh, Washington, buying a permit, buying a pool, putting water in it from the city, all of that type of stuff, all the permits we had to go through. I don't know, $40,000 just for that event for a couple of days. Can you imagine, though, Sean? You're leading a team. And we lay hands on you. And you go up there and you preach. And you share stories of what God's done at the North Georgia Revival. And you preach the cross. And we baptize immediately. We call all of them that are sick and dying and hurting. There may be one man that funds the whole thing. I'm in a meeting the other day. Now, listen, don't, I can't tell you that. I can't, I got to say that for another day when the Lord gives me permission. But we have not because we ask not. He said, quit asking small. I'll tell you, I was in a meeting. I said, the Lord said, ask somebody for $100,000 to buy books for prisoners. I said, Lord, I've never even asked for a hundred dollars. He said, ask for, I said, there'll be a person there that can do it. I stood up and said, there's, I need a hundred thousand. There's somebody in here in this room that can give a hundred thousand dollars to buy books for prisoners. I left that meeting that night. A woman, a man walks up to me and said, I'm going to do 10,000. Another man says, I'm going to give you 50,000. I didn't get the hundred, but if I would ask for a thousand, I would, that's all I would have got. 
So guess what? I just shipped out, I don't know how many thousands of books to Mike Barbara, who's going to be distributing to every prisoner in Las Vegas the Unless We Pray books. Just shipped them out. I said, here you go, Mike. He said, he said, they'll be in hands of prisoners in Las Vegas all over the city because one man in a meeting that sat on the front row was a former NFL quarterback in the meeting who needed to be touched and healed by God, had a trust where he just gives money away. I felt so embarrassed even asking, because y'all know I'm a low-key person when it comes to that. That's just not how I operate. But the Lord said, do it. I was in a meeting last night. The Lord said, ask people. I did the same thing. A lady walks up and gives me $10,000 for books for prisoners. We're going to blanket the nation. We're going to blanket the nation. I said, we're going to blanket the nation. may not be churches, but we're going to blanket the prisons. They're going to learn how to pray. So, Pastor Martin, when you're up there, don't be afraid to ask. Whatever God lays on your heart, ask. We're in that type of realm right now to ask. I feel that there may, there'll, there'll be an individual that may fund the whole thing. Yes. And again, one crusade may be 100. It just depends. And another may be 25,000. If we go to Memphis, it may be a whole lot closer. You understand what I'm saying? New York's different because it's more expensive. Cummings, a little bit less expensive. I'm just telling you, pray. I don't know when. I don't know how. I just know God says, I need you to do a dark city immersion tour. Jennifer, you're a nurse. You may go. And our creativity may be so great that when we're in the park, we just have people come by for checkups. Because they'll be homeless there. I feel it. Now listen. Hear me. When you're in, in revival, there will be great demand on people and their faith. Some of you are going to be stretched. I need you to take a week off of work. Go ahead and give him your guess. I need you to pay your own way. And I need you to be there. So when they give the altar call, you know how to lead people to God. And when they open up the waters, we have 30 people on the go. Fully funded, fully ready, and full of faith. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. I can't see the Lord saying no. But I can see the Lord saying not yet. Prepare. Let's do one. Let's learn a lot from one. Let's study the one. What worked, what didn't work. What could we have done better? What could we have done to save money? What can we do now so that we have now resources to go we, so we don't have to rebuy things. Now we have an inventory. We have things ready to go. And on a truck, shipped out, 
ready, to, a team to go assemble. Pastor Marty, y'all know how we did that David's tent, how we had to send people in front of the people to scout the land, to get the approvals, to get the permits, to get the trucks. I feel guilty because I'm speaking out of turn a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag. But I'm just telling you what the Lord's been stirring in my spirit. But Leland, listen to me. There'll be men and women in this church that will be great kingdom investors. That God's blessed them beyond their measure and beyond their means. And they're sitting and saying, God, I'm coming to the end of it all. What can I do for you? When we stand up, we need to go to San Francisco. And we get the price tag, Pastor Mark. That's what you're great at. You're always getting prices and stuff and bids. And, and you go, Pastor Todd, this is way beyond any. It's $112,000. I said, okay, nothing's too difficult for God. So we need 112 people to bring $1,000. See how it works? How about the 200 people to bring $500? What's next? 300 people to bring what? 200? No. See, I'm telling you, I schooled in Bama, so after, after the second, after these 10 digits, it goes crazy. So what would I need 400 people to bring $250? So, hey, you see how this is doable? So, but then there, there's going to be, Austin, these people that stand up and God's been good to say, I'll take care of the first one myself. And you watch heaven fall upon that man and that woman and that family. I want to fund one. I want to be a part of that, a significant contributor. If we had 500 people, how much would it be? $200. You see how easy this is? We can do that and not break anybody. And all of us get to be a part of the spoils of the kingdom. Those that can't do 200, they can bring 20. They can bring 50, but they can all be a part. All right, don't go say anything. <laughs> don't tell a soul. Well, I just told you, Luke, okay? When you're out there with the Houston Astros, whenever you're out there at spring training, don't go out there and say, hey, guess what we're going to do? We're going to have a dark immersion to city tour. We're not going to do, we're going we're gonna to do one, and we're going to learn, James. We're going to learn. We're going to learn well. And then we'll go, okay, we're, we're muscling up now. Let's do a go, another one. Can y'all handle, handle maybe three times a year bringing a $200 offering to the Lord to do something like this? Above your tithes and offerings so we can do three at $100,000 a piece. Now, let me tell you why this is important, why I know the numbers. Y'all know the, um, the prison thing that we're doing in this month, this February, is $50,000. To get there, to buy the pools, is right around $50,000. And people say, well, that's a lot of money to spend. It is. But you think we're going to be ministering to hundreds and hundreds of prisoners. Okay? And, and the reason it's so expensive is because we got to take our equipment. So when we go 
to these cities, we're going to be taking a film crew. We're going to be putting it on live all over the world, not on a camera with our phone, but set up to the best of our ability. So we're going to have to equip a truck that has all the capacity to generate enough power This is vision. It's stretching me. And while you're out there, Duncan, we're in here, Duncan. Sandy Peak. I hope you're as nervous as I am or as excited as I am. Now, don't, don't ping me and say, when we go. I have no idea. When the Lord tells us to go. I just feel him saying, okay, go do that. Because you don't do it until he tells you to. Because God told Nathan, tell him, it's okay for you to build it. And David didn't even get to build it. Started it and his son Solomon finished it. But it started with a dream. So I think we have the king's yes. But timing is everything. So again, I don't know when but I believe it will happen. So Lord, Christ Fellowship Church, we give you our yes. God, train our hands for war the smallest, the youngest, the most feeble, the most elderly among us, seasoned. Prepare our hands for war. Make it happen, God. I say yes. I say yes. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, let me tell you how the Lord works. I'm sitting right there. And I get a text from someone that says, I need 100 unless we pray books for prisoners. And guess what? We have the funds as a result of what God's done to send it to them. Give him your yes, James. Give him your yes. And it'll happen. Y'all have fun tomorrow. Father, we pray for Paula, Joe, and Pastor Marty. I pray, God, that this glory church in uh, Dante, Tennessee, will never be the same. I pray, God, that you give them safe travel, that you'll equip them, that you'll give them the words, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discernment, 
And Lord, even on Sunday here, would you touch us as your glory continues to fill the house. And Lord Jesus, on Sunday morning and Sunday night, be with our worship team, be with our media team, be with our children's workers, our youth pastors, every one of them, Lord. And be with our covenant partner, Luncheon. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, listen, I need a little help. Um, they are having band rehearsal practice and it should have already started. I'm a little bit late. So can we move out of here quickly as possible? If you have fellowship, we want you to stay as long as you want to. Just do it out in the lobby area. Joni, come here. You leave when? You leave tomorrow? For Cape Town? Cape Town, yes. All right, guys. Extend your hand. Going to South Africa. Gary's going over there. He's been preaching via the internet to literally hundreds, and there's been thousands of people impacted Come on, let's gather around them, those that, you, that would like to. Come on up here. They leave tomorrow. Long flight. Father, I thank you for Pastor Gary. I thank you, Lord, for the calling on his life. God, I pray for his health. I pray for strength, that, Lord, that his travel and Joni's travel, Lord, there'll be no complications physically, that there'll be no cramps, Lord, no blood issues. God, I thank you that uh, their bodies will receive the food. And, Lord Jesus, process it without being sick. Any germ, Lord, any mite, any bug, any type of contamination, may it die at the moment of the blessing. Oh, in the name of Jesus, every drink, every morsel, every crumb is purified by the word. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Now on the top of his head and on her head, Lord, may there be a mantle of revival fire issued forth from this house as they go under the mantle and Lord, the covering of Christ Fellowship Church and the North Georgia revival. I pray that their tongues will be like fire, that their words will carry sustenance and weight and a vibration. Shake that region and bring them back to us very safe and sound and full of fire. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. All right. Love you guys. See y'all Sunday. Be at prayer Saturday night. Be at prayer Saturday night. Love you guys.
got a uh, in and out, in and out.
BGVs with us. Sing, 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 sing. And today, silly songs with Larry. Place five on the wall. 
Can you hear yourselves? Yeah. <laughs> 